thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, up for a chat about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I am Kim Morrison. And I am Cindy O'Meara. And today we have um, an amazing guest. Uh, Kim and I um, were in Brisbane together this weekend. Kim was speaking. King, I was the master of ceremony at my Functional Nutrition Academy Nutrition Summit. We do it every year at the end of July, the last weekend in July, and we had some amazing speakers, absolutely amazing. But what I also get to do is I get to speak to and meet and see and catch up with all of the students that are, are either graduated from my Functional Nutrition Academy or are starting. And, and then there were some surprises as well. There were people that I didn't even know and had heard about this amazing summit, which it was, because, Kim, you were the final speaker and you were brilliant, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. Oh, sweetheart. You were. You were on fire. Yeah, you were brilliant. So um, this time I caught up with um, Audra Starkey, who, who I have been following for a couple of years in what she's been doing, and she told me an amazing thing that she has been asked to do but before we go into what she's been asked to do I would like to introduce Audra to up for a chat and um, Audra to tell us why she left Qantas after 21 years. Hi thanks girl for uh yeah for having me and um what a weekend it was it was uh you know Cindy it was yeah, it was amazing what you managed to put together and, and, you know, as you said, Kim, you know, finished off nicely, uh, giving us all a little a bit of a boot <laughs> in the most eloquent possible way that she does. Um, but, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a fantastic weekend, amazing speakers and just, yeah, some of them that I hadn't heard of before really really eye-opening yeah um yeah but it adds it to your question um yes my background um is obviously in shift work and that's you know what my business is all about as a healthy shift worker but uh, I pretty much started shift work when I was you know the tender age of of and I walked away from it you know, when I was 43 and that was all working um in the aviation industry I worked for three different airlines um I started one called Eva Air, which is a Taiwanese um, airline, and then I moved across to Ansett Australia. I was with them for seven years, and unfortunately, that, that collapsed in 2001. Yeah, so that was quite a traumatic experience because all of a sudden there was one of us out of work Australia-wide, um, but I was one of the very, very lucky ones. Quanta snapped me up. I was only out of work for two weeks, so I was pretty much with them for, yeah, the, the rest of the duration of my career, and I, um, yeah, yeah, accepted a voluntary redundancy. I put my hand up for a voluntary redundancy at the end of 2014, um, and, yeah, and I guess um, then I went and studied full-time, but I had previously started doing a science degree majoring in nutritional medicine while I was still at quantum because I I always had an interest in nutrition, I suppose, but I had, I mean, I had a couple of epiphany moments when I was working at 
contest, but the big one was when I was um, delivering a training course because I was a, actually a trainer for Qantas and it was ground staff. I worked at the airport, domestic and international. So, yeah, all kind of weird and wacky hours starting at 3 a.m. or finishing at mid mid midday or starting at midday and finishing 8 o'clock at night or starting at 8.30 at night and going all through to 4.30 in the morning thanks to the, you know, strange departure times at the international flight. So I've kind of pretty much worked the 24-7 lifestyle, but I was delivering a training class one day um, and I had a girl arrive late into my class. She was one of those uh, very bright and effervescent personalities. Um, I could probably say to Sat Smith, she's not even on this podcast, so she can't defend herself, (laughs) but she's that you would sort of be able to hear before um, you see her and a, a beautiful, vibrant um, girl. But she came in quite late um, to my class and, you know, and she sort of sat at the back and, um, you know, apologised that she was really late. But she, but what kind of caught my eye was in her hand was a hamburger donut and a soft drink. But it was only 9am. And I thought, that's interesting. And I just Are you of, saying that was Karen? No, no, a bright personality person like Karen Smith. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, I was too. Not, not Karen Smith, but <laughs> Karen Smith. Although I did meet Karen Smith while I was actually. That's a different subject all over again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how paths cross. But, you know, this other lady was um, just sitting down the back and, um, yeah, she had the hamburger donut and soft drink in her hand. And, and I was just very polite and sort of just jokingly said to her, oh, that's an interesting kind of choice for breakfast. And and her response to me was, well, I've been up since I'm in need of some sustenance. And I thought there's something not quite right with that sentence, a hamburger donut and sustenance. So it really was a bit of a defining moment for me because I, I basically uh, – know more. I wanted to learn more, um, I guess, and deepen my understanding of nutrition and more specifically how and well-being of shift workers um, in order um, so that I could uh, then help them. So that pretty well much uh, set me on the path to study nutrition. Um, and yeah, I guess it's just been this one, you know, step from there. That's amazing. In- Goodness, Audra, because I actually don't know anybody who's out there doing what you're doing. I really don't. Who is out there looking after the ship workers? And you are very holistic in the way you're looking after them. You're not only looking at the food that they can it's a whole lifestyle. So you're one of, of my graduates, and um, but you did graduate from Endeavour College, uh, uh, which is a, a wide um nutritional medical degree and then you came and did my course so tell me uh doing since you graduated nutrition what what, i know you write a blog i know you do podcasts but let's go step by step on how you created this amazing um, business and what you're doing yeah i've always you know had this vision that what i was doing was i was always going to be wanting to give back to my profession. That was, it was always going to be a 
thing when you you meet other nutrition students, um, you know, and sitting in the classroom and, and you know, and some people don't really know exactly what the you know their degree and even with functional nutrition students within their, your course um cindy you know some people are not quite sure you know and that's that's perfectly okay but my goal was always and always has been to learn as much as i can um in order to give this it's just like what you i think that no one is doing this and it was also one of the reasons why i i guess i can't on um, as much as I absolutely loved my job as a trader at Qantas, and I say that like I, my hand on a heart, obviously helping, you know, helping my colleagues, I'm, you know, being able to give them the tools to be able to help themselves work, you know, their job better. But as much as it was great delivering the training programs, it was like, but I, but they need more. <laughs> they need, you know, we need some help and guidance on and how to actually cope with working shift work because it's not I, back to when I started shift work ago, um, you know, I had, you know, we got nothing and it was all just about trying to survive. You know, when I up to, um, you know, work in the airline industry, it was more answer where my shift work career began. You know, I, I had no idea what was going weight fluctuations that, uh, you know, I would be undergoing a lot of stress, that I would be undergoing sleep deprivation, um, that would affect my family and social life. I had absolutely no idea that those were some of the consequences. And, you know, just in this survival mode of um, doing the best that you can. And, you know, and on a lot of people that work shift work, they actually, you know, they get into it because not so much for the shift from the for the profession and obviously mine was the absolute love of the airline industry and the love to travel but there you know, obviously there's nurses out there that love you know being a nurse there's police like to be police and you know there's so many different um but it, it comes with the shift working role and I think that there's just not enough um education for the staff to you know uh, starting way back in the beginning you know when you first um, begin shift work this is your job so this is your job whatever it may be but there needs to part of their training or intro, um, introduction to um, you know this is what you've kind of got to expect and and I also think that it, it's definitely you know it's a dual responsibility and that's also where I'm trying to get out into workplaces because it is a dual responsibility the the shift working organization Organisations have a duty of care to, um, you know, provide the best environment for them that they can, given what they do. And then, look, there's some brilliant working organisations out there that are doing an amazing job. But I think that there's plenty others out there that, um, you know, there, there, there's room for improvement. But I guess I want to reinforce that it's it is definitely a dual responsibility of the employee to take care of their health as much as they can, given what they're up against. Uh, and then um, the ship working. So I since finished that degree, as you said, Cindy. I then um, had a had a month off just to take a, a break, <laughs> to kind of um, yeah, because that it took me six years. It was you know quite intensive, and you know I was I was thirty nine, and I finished it when I was you know in my mid forties. So it was a, a steep learning curve for me. Um, so. 
um, then yeah, had a bit of a breather. Then I picked up and finished your course because I, I really, you know, as, as you said at the beginning of the podcast, you know, all said you've been following me, but, you know, I mean, let's be serious. I've really been stalking you since the 90s <laughs> in, in, what, in what you've been doing. Um, because, you know, I've, I've certainly admired your work and what, you know, you've been doing. You've been a brilliant role model um, and I love the fact that you, you question everything and it's definitely it's definitely helped me on my journey to just don't accept things as face value um, but to go deeper. And, uh, yeah, so now I'm, I'm doing one-on-one consultations um, for shift workers, but um, which is great and I really enjoy that, but I've always thought um i guess big picture with this is to not think small is to think big and by that is that i want to workshops and hold uh, so workplaces um, or hold different events where i can speak to a much larger audience so that i can make a bigger and um so which that involves yeah different different wellness uh, kind of workshops specifically for shift workers that's my real passion that really gets my heart singing because um yeah i guess it's about bringing in my training background as well and it's great you can have fun with a lot of people yeah um okay so let's before we go on to um because you're actually heading down that direction but let's just talk about if a ship worker is watching this or listening to this right now let's talk about what are the ramifications if you know, like, all right, let me start again. In T.S. Wiley's book, Lights Out, she actually mm. said, um, you know, if you're doing shift work, give it up. It's no good for your health. And then you and I were talking, you know, over the weekend and after listening to Dr. Young Price, um, it was quite amazing because we both said, well, perhaps there's another way. And, um, you know, and that was the mind, not just food. Mm. But, the ramifications um, of shift work you touched on. So what is the answer? What what have you found to be the best answer? And if someone's listening to this right now and they need a little bit of guidance, um, what is the answer for them? That's a good question and I don't think there's a, a single answer to that Uh because and, and look, I can relate to. Uh, yeah, um, I have read that book. Obviously, T.S. Wiley lights out. Uh, it's something that you recommended. I read a few years ago, and and I could read with what she was saying because I've been down that path myself. When I also went to practitioners, and they pretty well much said, you know, quit. You're going to have to quit your job. It's you know, it's you work. You're working against your biological clock. Um, you know, it's it's bad it, it wasn't helpful to my situation uh because and and literally and I think we briefly talked about this on the weekend too like if every practitioner worker that came in that was struggling that you need to quit your job the world would literally or almost stop spinning on axes. <laughs> the work you know like Australia alone has one and a half shift workers so you know we, we can't all stop and just work nine to five we need our emergency staff. We need our transportation and our mining, um, you know, so we've kind of just got to work with the best way that we can. And I am upfront and honest with all my patients and all, um, you know, I, I have a very interactive Facebook group that I've created. Uh, 
um, and just to say to people, like, I don't sugarcoat it. You know, what you're doing is really hard um, because you are going completely against your, um, you know, Know what your your natural circadian rhythms, um, and it's you know it, it is very difficult, but probably I uh, one one of the most important things to begin with. And Kim, I think you're going to love this. Uh, is particularly you know I have people going, oh, I have to do these late shifts and night shifts, and I what do I do? How do I cope from swapping from night shift to early shift? You know what what's the answer? Uh, like what you just asked me, I guess, um, Cindy. With it has to be self-care. Mm. You have to put yourself first. Mm. There is yeah. no magical one supplement. Um, whilst, yes, there are some great, you know, um, we can talk all different types of supplementation that can help with, you know, with our sleep, easy mini GABA and your 5-HTP and all that kind of stuff. But I think at the end of the day, you know, when you are just going through really rough patch of the roster um, where you might be doing these crazy erratic um, shifts. It's got to come back to self-care. And I think I might have mentioned to you, Kim, on the weekend, um, I guess it's sort of a quote that kind of came to my brain um, as it does now and then um, about a week ago is that uh, self-care is really the most underestimated drug-free form of self-care. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, sorry, health care. Sorry, yeah. healthcare. I love sorry. it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think people really underestimate mm. um, its worth and it's almost a word like organic or natural or even essential oils these days. Self-care gets banding around and everybody goes, yeah, 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 self-care. And even self-love, it's almost too woo-woo. Um, why would we mm. even talk about self-love? And yet I was talking to a physio today and I said to him, it's really interesting, the topics of self-care and self-love are so undervalued in a corporate sense, in the sense that they value them in the same way they would a dietitian or a nutritionist or a um, perhaps even a, a doctor of some sort coming in to give corporate care and health and wellness. And yet, if we could all just understand that when we're stressed, we're exhausted or we're a bit hyped or whatever it is, if we had some rituals and some beautiful tools that we could call on that were natural and drug-free, like you say, then our adaptation to that stress or that you know, shift worker or to the person who is hyped or unwell or whatever, there it's a beautiful transition and it's an acknowledgement that we just need to take a bit of care and time. Why is that so undervalued? I think it's hard for us to do. I think we can probably all, um, you know, put up our hand and sort of find, you know, say that, you know, self-care is not easy to do because we feel guilty doing it. We feel like we should be doing a million other things. You know, why should we taking care of ourselves, you know, when we've got so many other people to take care of or so many other emails to answer? Um, you know, I, 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 I remember a client in um, – into the, the physical clinic when I was in um, still studying on campus and, you know, she'd been up at 3 a.m. and um, she was working a 3 a.m. till midday shift, I think, from memory, and then she was coming in to see me around 1 uh, and then she had to pick up the kids and then, you know, obviously go home, look after the kids, make dinner, all this kind of thing. And, and she was kind of, you know, begging me, you know, can you give me something? What can I do? And, you know, that, that's, that's, that's hard. 
because you know a lot of women um, who now are, are at that full time and plus they've got a lot of other commitments going on but again I think as you said on the weekend Kim it doesn't have to be take 30 minutes um, you know it doesn't have to involve you know self-care doesn't have to involve sitting on top of a hill or a mountaintop meditating and it comes in various different um, forms which you know you could probably elaborate and give us some tips on um, because I know that that's definitely your thing. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've always felt that one of the reasons why people don't look after themselves, and I have to be honest with you, shift workers in my experience have been the worst, and it's only because I can only imagine that the, the circadian rhythms and the way that our body is working, it must it must be so difficult. I'm exhausted after one flight and my whole time zone is up the warp. So I can't imagine if you're doing it day in, day out. I guess for me, the the, the thing I have learned over the years, um, and particularly for people um, to really acknowledge how important self-care is, is that it can be micro moments. So it could be a drop of your favorite mm. essential oil on a mm. tissue and you just take three deep breaths. It could be in the middle of the day, like we have a gong at work that goes off on one of the apps on the phones and every time that app goes off on the hour, every hour, everyone in the office has to stand, stretch, do a little beautiful movement, somehow, you know, a yoga move, get down and do downward dog or do child's pose and then get up and spritz ourselves. That's just become a little form of self-care so that we remember to get out of our chairs during the day. Um, for a mum that's busy and full on, the way I used to look at it was I have to run them a bath. They're going to have to get dressed and, and changed afterwards. They're full on. I'm exhausted. Why don't I put instant calm or lavender and chamomile and orange in the bath, um, one drop of each, and put that in the bath? And actually, even though they think it's for them, um, it's for me. So I'm sitting there breathing in those things as I'm watching them bathing themselves. And I think it's just how do you integrate it into your life and make it a part of your life as opposed to a have to or an extra in your life. So for a lot of people, mm. self-care feels like it's something more to have to do. But what if you were going to you have a shower anyway? What if you took in a couple of your favorite oils and you had a loofah brush or a face washer and you're going to wash yourself anyway? What if you put a drop or two of lavender on that? And you did an inhalation and you were conscious of it and you still had the shower, you still washed yourself, but you turned it more into a ritual than a have to. That's how I've taught it so that it's easy. Self-care shouldn't be hard. But my question to you is this, if someone is a shift worker or a flight attendant, which may be even worse because you're traveling across so many different time zones, how does that actually affect your physiology? How? What are the long-term effects of shift workers has there has there been a lot of research in this area and is what are the long-term um, problems associated to it and are there people that do it better than others yes uh, there's definitely um, you know a lot of ramifications to it and, and I suppose that's uh, what's really kind of set me even more it was when I was um, at uni as a part of um, uni I had to really start you know obviously I had to do assignments on things but I would always flick it over to kind of how can I shift work this assignment <laughs> much to my um, lecturers probably going oh here comes another one from order on shift work uh, health but I, I noticed that there was always this uh, common theme and element um, that would come up with people that work shift work 
work um, in the research that yes, we are prone to things like a lot of um, metabolic um, dysfunction. So things like um, you know obesity, insulin resistance, type two diabetes, and cardiovascular disease are probably the three um, you know big ones that are quite prevalent um, with shift workers. Uh, gastro uh, in particular, I get uh, peptic ulcer disease. There was a fair bit of research that came up about that. Uh, hormonal cancer, uh, or cancers, um, and mental health problems, and and everything you know really does come back to that that sleep deprived state. Um, you know, uh, because that's that's what we have to endure, and our body is not uh, built um, naturally the hours that we do um, but uh, as, as uh, Cindy I'm sure you would agree to this that the human body is an incredible resilient being um, so it can put up with a lot and it will allow us to work these crazy hours for um, you know many you know many many years um, but if we're not careful um, you know it, it um, lead us down to these, you know, ill health um, or, you know, co and comorbidities. But my, I guess my big thing is that for me it was, you know what, just I'm, I'm reading this research, you know, for the first time and as I was reading it, to be honest, tears started to weld up in my eyes because I just thought this is, I didn't know about this. Um, you know, I only started learning about science six years ago. I'm a, my back grants in shift work but it was not in science and I, I'm from aviation there was no need for me to read these research articles but now that I am and now that I um, it's like okay this is really quite upsetting and then I moved to a point of frustration and then almost to a point of anger going okay this is all, all well and good it's in the um, the research I need to get this out to the people that need to know it the most because it's great that they're doing this search and all these academics are reading it but you know the shift workers need to know this they need to know that um you know that due to the hours their body is under a lot of biological stress um and it you know with that that cha also changes our behavior at that sort of fight or flight sympathetic dominant state all the time we're in that that tired and wired and there goes the flow on effect to you know the poor habits and so forth but what I really wanted to want to I guess in part with everyone is to kind of create this are vulnerable but it doesn't mean you know develop these you know cardiovascular diseases or, or you know be weight because you know if if you if we keep you know and I do I keep reading you know shift workers are prone to obesity it's like well okay but just because you do shift work does doesn't mean that you're going to become overweight because if that was the case, then every shift worker would be overweight, and that's not the case. So, uh, I, uh, I guess what I'm trying to do is to help um, educate um, shift workers to help them to understand their more than what's going on, so that they can then make their own, um, hopefully, better decisions. Um, that will help them to not become one of these statistics because I guess that's what my one of my number one goals is to reduce these statistics that I kept reading about and because I was blissfully unaware of it and and had I known about all this stuff when I first started shift work I know I would have made a lot of 
different, you know, choices and decisions because I'll put my hand up. I ate crap food for years, um, you know, and no exercise and, you know, I, I was just trying to, you know, do the best that I could. But had I known that there was perhaps um, these ramifications, then yes, I personally, like we can't, um, it's like smoking. We all know that smoking's bad for us, but, some, you know, people, there's plenty of people people out there that continue to do that and and I can't make anyone all I can do um, is just let them know that this is a possibility this may happen and it's you know these are the choices that you can um, it's up to you to make you know different choices Um, and the second part to your question Kim about you know that can seem to be able to you know handle it a bit better Uh, on my podcast I've interviewed various um, you know, experts on, on all different types of areas that I think is quite relevant, you know, for shift workers. And, and Cindy, you know, obviously you've been on as well, um, you know, from a nutritionist perspective. But what I've always wanted to do and I have done and I will continue to do is to invite other shift workers on the podcast because I am just one little shift worker that has a one uh, one view or one angle of, um, you know, what it's like to work shift work. And that's aviation on the ground. I don't know what it's like to be a pilot, a flight attendant, a policeman, an ambulance, you know, an ambo, uh, um, a train driver. Um, So I've kind of um, seeked out to speak to different um, people that have worked in areas of their um, shift working career. And one guy in particular that stands out um, is a a gentleman that I spoke to and um, just retired shift work for 53 years um, as a train driver and and I asked him you know how the hell did you do that like seriously um, and he, and he said he loved his job he absolutely loved his job hmm. and and I think um, you know Marcus Pierce would sort of here on that, you know, that, that life purpose and, you know, and, and loving what you do kind of thing. And that was very much him. But he also did was very careful, you know, you know what he ate and, and so forth. He, he um, you know, took, looked after himself the best that he could. But he definitely, you know, he, he just loved what he did. And he just had this amazing, beautiful mindset. Um, you know, I just I loved talking to him, Jim. Um, Ward was his name, and also what blew me away is that he had—he actually had a fellow colleague that was also a train driver, but he retired after working shift work for sixty-eight years. Mm-hmm. He was eighty-three or something, I think. Um, and again, the same thing. I, I'm yet to get him interviewed. I've, I've when he retired, he just kind of has gone underground a little bit. I, I think just to go. And, and do his own thing, which I don't blame him. But I'd love to talk mm-hmm. to him because I think, yeah, it all came back to, you know, loving what you do and back down to your values as well. What do you value? You know, if you value your health the most, then you're going to do what it takes um, to, um, yeah, take care of your health. You know, I just want to – I mean, I'm listening sorry. to you. Or, oh. 
Oh, sorry, Kimmy. <laughs> no, I just had this quick thought. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you. Sorry, sweetie. I just wanted to quickly add in there. I mean, to me, you're sounding, you know, you're talking about a mum here. A mum is a shift worker. A dad is a shift worker um, in many aspects of the same thing. And I'm just wondering, you know, some mums seem to do it easier and better than other mums. And some mums love being a mum and other mums find those early years absolutely downright exhausting and, and, and almost earth shattering. I guess the same principles would apply there, wouldn't it? I I could would assume so. I'm not a mum, so I I can't really comment on that. Uh, I'm Kim, and I've always you know made that quite clear. Um, you know, when it comes to um, you know my patients and uh, and if they've got sort of like that I will actually refer on uh, because it is not definitely not my area of expertise but yeah absolutely because it, it's that same principle you know all of a sudden you've you've had plenty of sleep and then you've got this little thing that just creates havoc because it mm-hmm. won't turn off <laughs> I guess there's no off button if you're awake all night and yeah and for people that haven't experienced what it's like to work shift work I could imagine would be like but what I could can say, all I, you know, as I guess that at least, you know, that usually only lasts twelve months. But you know, there's a lot of shift workers out there, run on that sleep deprived state for decades, year after year, year after year. Whereas that that mother, that early motherhood, hope, <laughs> hopefully, um, you both can probably speak well, you know, more from more experience on this than I can. That's for sure. Um, that that does pass, <laughs> and yeah. you do get your sleep back um, at some point. Yeah. You know, as you were talking, I, I got the same thing as what Kim said. You know, Kim said um, this would be mothers. And my thoughts were it, it's the same across society. Yes. If you, It doesn't matter what you are doing. If you do not look after yourself and you don't do it well and you're not educated in order to do this, then the morbidity rate or mortality rate increase especially if you're doing you know like that young girl that came into your um you know into your training and she was having a donut a hamburger and you know a strength so i it it is all about awareness and education and for you audrey you didn't have someone to educate you and teach you and that's why i think what you are doing is is just the best thing because if ship workers that uh they can decrease the morbidity and mortality of the so-called typical, then, well, you'd think that they're going to do it. But you know what? There's going to be a percentage that are going to go, I don't care. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. And then then there's going to be those people like you, Audra, and Kim and I, that we really want to be the best versions of ourselves. And how do we cope with this? Um, you know, with what's happening all the time. Like it's me, I've travelled so many times to America this year and, and six months into the year and I've been to America. I'm going, I'm, on Tuesday I leave for my sixth time. So, um, but I've gotten, I, I've, I've figured out how to easily change my time zones and what I have to do in order to stay well while I travel. And and so I've done that because I have that knowledge and, and that's what you're teaching is it? You have that knowledge and you are teaching ship workers, you know, this is the basics. This is how you do it. It's up to you. I've educated you now. It's up to you to make the changes. I'll help you as as much as I can. 
So I, I don't, you know, I think about it now, and I think I always thought it was it was so much worse. But talking to you, Audra, I realize care of yourself. It's self care. It's doing everything that's right, and then you will cope with the stresses in life. And if ship work is your stress, then you're the one that will help people do this. Mm. Yeah, it's just um, it's, so it's just good. a realization that I, I've really just had. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and look, so, there's a lot of people out there that actually do, you know, genuinely, um, you know, love working shift work too, Cindy, and they would never, you know, want to work nine to five, you know, and I can sort of, uh, I suppose I'll use my um, husband as an example, he, you know, he's worked shift work as well um, for many years, you know, two shift workers in our house, there's been plenty of notes left on the fridge and we've seen the cat more than each other <laughs> um, you know, but he did a stint there, you know, where he worked you know, in the office Monday to Friday and, you know, just having weekends off. And it just, you know, as much as he loved that opportunity, it he it kind of drove him a little nuts because, you know, he enjoyed having, you know, the time off during the week when, you know, 50,000 other people aren't, you know, off together at this at the weekend. And that's got also something that I, you know, I like to instill in people, um, you know, just to remember to also focus on all the good stuff about working shift work because, can focus on you know all the negatives but there is so many other positives um you know to working it and and, you know there's a lot of people out there that have um you know made it work quite well for their family dynamics where um you know some um you know the someone might night shift but then be able to be at home in time to take the kids to school while the other parent goes off to work um and sleep and you know they just find a way to make it work and you know and they I remember their this one particular couple there in their main for that um, and they also you know they've done it pretty much since the birth of their children was that they didn't want to put their kids in childcare so they kind of figured out way how that they could do it and you know they have absolutely no regrets at all for it they you know they, they actually managed to work it out quite well. Tell me what you do on your podcast. Like, tell me the kind of guests that you have and, and tell us about your podcast and how other ways that you're getting these messages out there. Yeah, I mean, look, I started the podcast because, again, I've always had that bigger vision of an impact and wanting to reach more people because, as I said, I'm just this one little shift worker in Brisbane, Queensland, um, and, and I, I've been writing uh, on on my blog since 2009 um, so I've been doing that for quite a long time um, Cindy knows I've been writing a book which is taking me forever Good. <laughs> it's you know and there's, so there's a lot of writing involved and then I was you know writing at uni and stuff and, and I just I have a different avenue to speak because um, we're all different type of learners and also to have that that greater reach and, and, and I know uh, uh, on like on my Facebook page alone, it's it's very humbling. I've got you know quite a, a reasonably big following, and I know that they're from forty five different countries around the world, which is great. So I've managed and impact them that way. Um, but I've also had you know plenty of messages from people overseas, you know, in London, in New York, you know, saying hi or try listen to your podcast. York, you know, I love what you do, and that's just and that's like okay, it's working. I know I'm starting to, to make that. Um, in, you know that impact and so yeah I've, I, I've interviewed um as i uh, might have mentioned before kim that i've mentioned uh, have interviewed quite a few different um 
um, shift workers just to get their perspective on things. Um, I've also interviewed um, sleep experts like uh, Dr. Carmel Harrington, um, who has published a great book called The Sleep Diet. Um, she's um, got a PhD in sleep medicine, so I knew I had to lock her in. Um, um, I've also um, spoken to um, a Dr. Katrina Hurley. She's based over in um, in Canada. She's a emergency medicine doctor, but also a shift worker. And she kind of reached out to me and said, "I'm happy to chat to share my, uh, you know, two cents perspective." I suppose. And I've also had another lady um, who is uh, got a. A PhD um, in psychology, I think, but her speciality, she's based in Vancouver, she has a lot to do with mental health um, and well-being and that that is definitely a, a very um, not talked about enough subject um, on how the sleep-deprived state on our mental health and well-being. Um, it also disrupts our gut microbes and we know that the, there's that bi-directional on but you know there's that mm. impact of the, the social you know isolation potentially as a shift worker too so that can actually um get um you know impact on our mental health and well-being definitely so yeah i've spoken to her um different other um chiropractors and nutritionists um one of my um ex-lecturers um uh, dr manuela boyle who again does have so much respect and admiration for this lady. She's just opened her, I think, fourth. Um, she's a naturopath, but she specialises in um, integrative oncology. Um, and she's just opened up, I think, her first, can- her fourth cancer clinic that specialises in, um, yeah, naturopathic things um, in Sri Lanka. And she's been a, oh. a great um, role model, role model for me as well. I have so much. Um, you know, she's even, you know, earlier in the year, she'd even contacted me to offer me a position to work over there, which is very um, blown away. Um, off that. Um, so it was a very tough decision to actually um, amazing opportunity. But you know, as this sound actually a bit uh, it's corny, but I knew that if I would take on something like amazing thing as opportunity it would have been my main concern is well if i stop what i'm doing who's going to look after the shift workers because no one else is mm. yeah so i had to I plan that sort of call i, I don't know if it was the right one but um yeah we'll kind yeah. of see but yeah different yeah all sorts of different um uh, dr Amy, uh, sorry dr amy reynolds is doing a, a study over in adelaide on the the gut microbiome sleep disruption and, and, and obesity bit of a link there and research that they're doing so an array of different topics for people to tune into mm. I love sounds it. absolutely wonderful now a question for you so i kim and i have some friends um and i actually i swim with quite a few yeah we do have friends um, I swim <laughs> that are shift workers and yep. they're all emergency care doctors or, or medical doctors and they do this shift work with they go, oh, I'm on night shift, oh, I'm on day shift, oh, I'm on afternoon shift. So I have a question for you. Would it be better that you just stayed on the same shift instead of switching from nights to mornings to – I understand days, I get that. But would it 
is there any research out there about instead of moving the shifts around, why not just stay on the shift? Why not just be on night shift, four nights on, four nights off? Is there any research on this? It's definitely, um, there's, yeah, there's definitely plenty of research out there and, and, the, and, the, and the answer to that is that yes, it's definitely um, much better for you to, as, 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 as not pleasant as night shift is, um, it is at least allowing your body to kind of get into that consistent routine uh, because it is it's that, that continual flicking around from night shift to early shift or, you know, we are human beings, we are not, we to function in that way at all um and and nor are we supposedly meant to be up during the night you know like we're not an owl um or you know other type of nocturnal animal but at least the body um is able to get into that consistent routine and uh you know um yeah, recover so much um so much better and um but i do like i, I work with night shifters and um a lot of a lot of what i do and and this this also was something that i learned when i was um um you know in in the student clinic originally to begin with is that i would you know obviously as a nutritionist we're going through and asking people you know what they're eating um and and i would find some you know shift workers actually quite eating quite well but they're you know they're still you know they're overweight and they're struggling with um you know losing weight and so forth um and that's where I've done or started to do a lot more research or set me down the path of learning more about chrononutrition, um, which is essentially the impact nutrition has um, on our metabolism via our internal body clock. And uh, um, so including like meal regularity or in um, the case of a shift worker, it's meal irregularity, um, frequency and clock time because when we're eating um, and, and basically the – what I'm trying to instill in my patients is that this you have to really try and uh, eat as close to a normal person, normal person's time as possible to help reduce those metabolic um, risk factors because, you know, our, um, you know, many of our nutritionally related metabolic processes in the body, you know, follow that um, natural daily rhythm such as our appetite, digestion, metabolism of fat, cholesterol, glucose. It's all, you know, we are, and, and this is something that I am trying to kind of put it into easy terms to understand. We are essentially walking clocks. You know, we have all these genes going throughout our, our body, um, you know, from the, um, um, you know, and, be, and it begins obviously our circadian clock begins um, in our supercryosmic super nucleus and then we've got all our clock genes throughout our body, but that includes you know, in our pancreas and our digestive system eating during the night um, that is, uh, um, you know, that can cause a bit of havoc. So just alterating that time that we eat, you know, regardless of what it actually may be, although, you know, in consideration, um, it can really greatly affect, um, you know, the the body weight. And, I, and the, the weight is a huge thing that a lot of shift workers so I'm very much trying to help with that, and obviously, um, as I mentioned earlier, that one of the one of the three big things that shift workers struggle with, and, and the research so that you know shift workers are prone to that obesity, insulin resistance, and cardiovascular disease. So I'm just trying to help re-educate people about the timing and you know 
more eating more um, I guess sort of liquid nutrition on nights if you have to eat during or eat minimally eat minimally while you're digesting is a bit like my tagline so between midnight and 6 a.m just try to eat more liquid nutrition um, because your gut is essentially sleeping or too um, <laughs> and yeah just to sort of help reduce those metabolic risk factors mm. makes sense now when we were talking this weekend, um, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, when we were talking this weekend, uh, you, you were you said, "Oh, I wasn't sure whether I should have gone to Sri Lanka." You just said this on the podcast, but by the sounds of it, your decision to stay with what you're doing and cater for ship workers to live healthy lives and to consult um, not only on an individual basis but on a uh, you know and on many of the big like mining companies out there that are all got ship workers or police or who, there's so much out there. I can't mm. believe it. You know, you, I think you need to go to the doctors actually at this point and thinking about it. But, but anyway, you you mentioned to me and you're 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 a very quiet achiever, mm. Audra, a very quiet achiever. And you mentioned to me over the week somebody has been following you, you in the middle for two years. And asked if you would come and present to what different places around the in order to help his ship workers. Do you want to just tell me exactly what happened and how you are going to the Middle East and speaking out with these people? So tell us all about it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. As you said, um, I have had somebody sort of being in contact with, with me know quite a few years on and off and he's been wanting me to come over and speak um but I've, I've had to kind of just politely decline and say look I just I just want to finish my degree or um yeah I just I just wanted to finish my degree um and what I was doing and um yeah and honestly because he sort of kept contacting me you know every year and I thought he actually may sort of get got sick of me sort of saying no but um is being in contact with me again earlier in the year and um, yeah wants me to come across and speak to within a few different countries me uh, um, in uh, Kuwait, Qatar and Egypt actually um, to um, a, a, just a, a collect um, yeah people that work within the ship working industry so from you know in the Ministry of Health, Ministry of Interiors um, um, and uh, you know you know, various other um, organisations um, because, his, you know, his words are that no one within the GCC and the GCC um, stands for the Gulf Corporation Council, um, so no one within the GCC countries um, are talking about this and those, the GCC countries include um, the likes of Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, um, Qatar, Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates and... Um, yeah, so I guess he's just intrigued that, uh, yeah, obviously what I'm doing and, and when he said that no one's over there is talking about it, I'm thinking, well, well no one's talking about it here either. <laughs> but, <laughs> but if you want me to come over and speak over there, sure, I, I, I will, I'm happy to speak to anybody that to to hear my message um, to help me spread um, what I'm trying to do. And I've, I've always, I guess, had that big vision that I, I, I do who want to travel this to help spread my message. Uh, I guess, again, it's um, Kim, you spoke about this on the weekend. We have to be careful what we wish for. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, so it's an amazing opportunity. I'm very, um, yeah, I'm very touched um, that um, he is, yeah, interested in what I what I have to share. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's um, going to be an amazing opportunity. Well, it's obviously neglected all over the world. <laughs> it's obviously neglected. So you niche and you are going to become the absolute expert in that niche. It already sounds like you're you're there because you you go around look experts in different areas of it and so you're doing well. So people who are listening at the moment will want to know your Facebook page, your website. How do they get in contact with you um, if they want to have you speak to their workers or they need consulting themselves? How how old are you? Yeah, um, my website uh, is healthyshiftworker.com. Um, you can go on there and you'll see a link um, up on the top tab there. It says work with me. Uh, so you've got there's a link there for healthy shift worker consultations for one-on-one. Um, and there's also, um, you know, a workplace wellness uh, link there as well. But the best way would be to contact me via email. Um, and that's Audra at healthyshiftworker.com. Um, and then we can sort of chat because it depends on, you know, your work environment, how many people are involved, where you are exactly. Obviously, we can um, like to fine-tune what it is that, um, you know, they're needing in their workplace. Um, and, uh, yeah, if I can sort of get to you, but I'm, I'm happy to travel. As I said, this is something that I very much want to, um, yeah, come on the road to do. And, um, yeah, and I've obviously got my Facebook page um, that would um, be Healthy Shift Worker. So you can pop over and find me there. And I've also, probably in the last couple of weeks, created um, a little more exclusive page, uh, a group um, Facebook page um, for um, shift workers exclusively to kind of log in and access. What I was tending to find, I've got, you know, with 12,500 um, followers on my Facebook page, I just feel like I, I just couldn't kind of get to everyone. And I have a lot of people send me um, private messages and emails and then I can't kind of get to everyone. So I'm wanting to create with the Facebook group of sorts where everyone kind of comes together and helps each other out. And it's been so beautiful to watch because, you know, people have been sharing where they work, you know, they're over in Canada and, you know, they're, as a, they're a registered nurse and there's someone else in London that drives trains and then, you know, that someone else pops in and going, oh, I'm in London too, I drive trains, where do you work? And so it's really nice and, um, you know, people are asking about their own personal tips. So I, I guess everyone to kind of come together and, and help each other out. Um, so that's open to shift workers, obviously, definitely only the friendly types of shift workers to help others um, and that's called healthy shift workers, um, but they can send um, a request to join that and I'll gladly um, accept them. But I um, on my website a free report that I wrote um, earlier in the year and again it's all about that um, food timing so shift work and weight gain why the time that you eat may be causing you to uh, gain weight and so I've got that available as a free resource for people. Do you know can I ask you both Sounds this, wonderful. this question around everything seems to be coming back to the gut everything whether you have a skin condition or whether you aren't sleeping very well or whether you're about to have a hip replacement it seems 
what is the lack of sleep and the lack of or the this constant breaking of the natural rhythms that our body is designed is there a lot i know you've spoken a few a little bit about it but is it quite extraordinary any research coming out on the effects of shift working on the microbiome and how that's affecting say autoimmune and all those sorts of things audra Oh, yeah. And it's not, I guess, shift work per se. It's the sleep deprivation that, um, or the circadian rhythm um, desynchronization, for a, um, a better term, um, which effectively means just that disruption to the sleep wake cycle. It, it definitely, um, because it impacts, can impact on our intestinal microbiota, um, which obviously is the. Um, the core area of where our immune system is and you know when you disrupt that um, microbiota there's all certain um, implications for or inflammatory diseases which can promote that intestinal you know hyper permeability otherwise known as leaky gut so there is a lot of, of um you know connection between that lack of sleep and i know that cindy talks um all about the impacts of you know of autoimmune disease and then so forth through how her what's with wheat um so and there is absolutely that uh, that connection obviously but i think we're underestimating the power of just that lack of sleep or that disruption to our sleep um as a as a possible contributor to the things like leaky gut which yes can definitely um you know lead to um autoimmune disease and i i think i remember doing some research um on this was an animal study, um, so and of course, you know, obviously, all re- um, uh, animal studies they can't necessarily be replicated in humans. But there was uh, one particular study done on um, how they noticed the effect of the circadian rhythm desynchronization, along with uh, taking alcohol, along with having a high-fat diet and sugar um, diet as well, um, that really escalated. Um, the fatty liver disease um, so yeah I thought that was um, kind of interesting so yeah definitely it's not talked about enough and um, that's why I was quite fascinated with this research that Dr Amy Reynolds is doing over in Adelaide because uh, she's really trying to look at that connection as well. A comment was made by um, some shift workers just recently um, emergency doctors um, that Cindy was talking about just before and one of them um, said that um, he has to take a tamazi pan most nights or most times when he comes off a shift to go to sleep and apparently it's a fairly light sleeping tablet. I just, I just wonder how that's impacting shift work. There must be a lot of shift workers that feel they have to take a sleeping tablet in order to get that sleep under control. Is that a problem or an addiction or an issue that you know of? I haven't done any particular research on that for, um, uh, medication that you were just talking about before, Cindy, but, oh, for sure. I mean, uh, it, taking any kind of medication to, um, I guess, to help promote sleep um, is, is, is definitely not ideal because it's not allowing your body to do you know, what it's supposed to do. And, and that's where I guess I try and um, talk to my patients more about um, uh, sleep nutrition. So, um, you know, taking uh, and, and eating for hearts, the tryptophan, um, which is a precursor to melatonin, which is our sleepy hormone. 
So I, I really try and work on making sure that they're having more foods that are going to support that sleep just before going to sleep um, and avoiding um, inflammatory foods that can potentially, um, you know, keep them awake. And even even as simple as um, uh, having something to eat. So I'm going to talk about a night shifter here again, that they've come home from night shift and as much as they, they want to drag their sleep-deprived bodies into bed, you know, because they're so tired they can't do anything, I do try and encourage them to at least have something small to eat before they go to bed because it's a simple act of, um, uh, you know, if they're hungry, that uh, stress response of, um, you know, hungry, the body naturally keeps in it, which actually can wake you up. So because you're hungry, it's that normal natural survival instinct that the human body is trying to do. So at, at least by very small to eat will actually help you to sleep. Um, but again, it's choosing the right kind of foods that are going to, help to encourage um you know that sleep like you know high high gi foods like you know rice and so forth can actually help with their uptake of tryptophan into the brain um tart cherry tart sorry tart cherry juice which is high in melatonin um can help kiwi fruit bananas um there's a great um great banana magnesium tea um which i got off um dr michael bruce he's an author of um a couple of really good sleep books um, and because obviously magnesium is really as magnesium standing bananas um, and magnesium help to um, you know relax the muscles and get us into that sort of sleep um, or calm the nervous system really which is obviously going to help with the sleep so I think you know everyone kind of needs to maybe look at um, you know just looking at their diet um, is, is an important uh, thing to you know before kind of of going down that um, uh, that supplementation or, or medication route, but I, I certainly appreciate that. I know that there's a lot of shifts and doctors, particularly, uh, and Cindy, I'm sure, if having chatting to your swimming doctors, <laughs> um, that they probably work these just ridiculously long, crazy hours, you know, doing double and triple shifts that you know, they get home to bed you know they'd be coming back on shift again um a few hours later so they need to sleep and i can appreciate they can sometimes be a bit desperate um wanting to do that but there is i was really pleased to read just fairly recently there's a study going on in one of the hospitals down in melbourne where they're really looking at the fatigue in the shift working um uh, staff in the hospital hospitals like they're actually doing research on it now and it's like this is brilliant this is this is what needs to happen because as i think we can all appreciate you know when we um medical staff are working these incredibly long 18 20 24 hour shifts you know i i certainly don't think i'd like to be operated on somebody that has been awake for nearly 24 hours um it's it's just we need to do something about it it, it needs and we need to start finding a way to implement some change because as I know that it's the way it's been for many years and I know that it's through the medical profession, um, but it doesn't mean it's right. Gosh, yeah, I didn't even think about that, the fact that you have a tired <laughs> surgeon working on you, cheapers. I don't know. Mm. I know what I'm like yeah, when sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not sure what I'd know what to do with anything. I can get delirious. <laughs> 
that's amazing yeah. what yeah. you're doing. Sorry, because you just been... recently had surgery, haven't you? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, jeepers. But I'm just, I, I think it's so <laughs> phenomenal that you've taken something that's such an important topic. Like Cindy said, I just, I have not heard anybody talk about it this way and maybe so openly, which is perhaps one of the greatest things we could do to support these people. They do an incredible job. Um, you know, when you think of fire workers, health yep. workers, um, surgeons, doctors, nurses, like it's actually massive. Um, and I've, I'm interested in the statistics on how many people's jobs are actually um, shift workers. So is there any... Is there Australia any... alone has one and a half million shift workers. That's wow. Australia alone. So if you kind of times that by globally... Um, it's huge. Yeah, wow. it's not massive. Wow. Have you got any final comments yeah. or anything at all you'd like to say either to shift workers listening to this or to our up for a chatter listener that knows shift workers? Is there anything else you'd like to share with us? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yes. You know, what I'm doing is very much, and I think, uh, Kim, you touched on this at the event. It's all about understanding our why and why I'm doing this. This is very personal for obvious reasons. I've endured shift work myself for, for two decades and I struggled with getting any help and I found that there, there was no one out there helping anyone. And it's why I've been writing my book slowly, steady, chipping away because I write it from is it you're not alone. I don't want you to feel alone, that there is someone out there that does get you um, and that I'm doing the best that I can. And I'm, I'm, I'm very much on a mission to create more of awareness of the vulnerability and, the, and how incredibly hard it is um, to work, work. But um, I just, you know, just hang in there. You're doing an amazing job as, as, you, as what you just said. A lot of the active workers out there are in that. Um, you know, role where they are, you know, they are giving back to people. It's they're they are carers. They, you know, are save people's lives. Um, and I think there's not enough credit and recognition for what they do. Um, you know, there's while everyone's sound asleep in bed, we're getting up at ridiculous o'clock, uh, and there's not enough recognition to that. And and again, I, I think big. I dream big. And, and one of my visions is if this any out there listening is that I'd love to create an international day for shift workers because oh. we have an international chocolate day I figure I figure let's <laughs> let's create an international day just for shift workers it? as well and recognize why don't you what's just an amazing thing one? to do so we could create it yeah we well just get on the bandwagon <laughs> we just start our own you start it that's true I guess I'll do that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I reckon the idea just no. I'll have to make national chocolate day <laughs> Maybe it starts at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. You're um, amazing. Yeah. And you are phenomenal. The study you've done and your, your mind, I'm always in awe of people who put a lot of effort and energy into studying, particularly the science side of things. And I'm, I've been blown away, Audra. I, had, I, I wasn't aware of all the study you had done. And I think that's what makes this even more um, profound and I guess the people that are always looking for evidence-based research then to have you at the helm of an organization and a group like this would give a lot of security and a lot of um, absolute um, volition to the whole project and the whole thing and I know on behalf of Cindy, Karen and I we 
we really do wish you the best of everything and I sincerely think that that 12,000 on Facebook in the next six months will be <laughs> quadrupled, I can assure you. So if anybody out there does have a shift worker that they know that is trying to be as healthy as they would like or they're looking for ways to support themselves um, to be better or to give it the best that they can, um, then I absolutely encourage you to go to, um, it's the healthy shift worker on Facebook, isn't it? is yeah and then my main website is healthyshiftworker.com i love it i love it look audra <laughs> thank you on behalf of us girls we absolutely have loved this and i'm sure our yes, listeners yes, have been just you. yay have been just as inspired as we have and and i do think a shift worker includes you mama bears and papa bears out there because often the hardest thing about <laughs> that is that the shift can you know, you don't get your, your actual day, afternoon or night shift. You're actually on call 24-7. So um, I absolutely sincerely believe that a particularly perhaps children under the age of five, any parents in that category, I would certainly put you in this, all the parents of caregivers, uh, you know, that are caregivers for children with needs. So please, the information that Audra is sharing and a lot of the links that she puts onto the Facebook page and into the website are incredible reads. And because she is so focused on it, I think it just gives you even more clarity. You don't have to go through all of the um, pages or go through all the research. You'll know that Audra has already done that for you. So thank you, sweetheart. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you very much for having me on the for the chat podcast as I said before I've, I'm very inspired by both um, what you two have achieved over the years as well and you've um, become great and yeah it's, it's, it's been wonderful to watch the both of you grow as well so Aww. thank you thank you sweetheart <laughs> yeah. oh you beautiful soul so there you go beautiful listeners the amazing Audra Starkey on our beautiful Up For A Chat Facebook if you've got any comments or would like to give any feedback or let Audra know how amazing she is then please go to all the w's dot thewellnesscouch.com forward slash up for, a, up for a couch up for a chat and you can place comments there or you can go to the Facebook page or the w's facebook.com forward slash up for a chat now, remember, we do still have a couple of spots available for New Zealand. Um, I know that that's going to be closing very soon. And I know there's a couple of you that are texting and emailing us, flirting with the idea of trekking for 12 days with us in New Zealand through some of the most untouched and the most beautiful parts of New Zealand you could ever imagine. Um, and my gosh, with Karen involved, I can assure you there's a lot of luxury involved in there too. And also, I think we have about four spots left for Africa, which is next year. And when I see the, 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 the photos coming up of Africa with elephants walking through a luxury campsite and up close and personal with giraffes and rhinoceroses, and I don't know about you, Cindy, but I am I'm getting so excited about those two trips. Um, I'm really looking forward yeah. to it. <laughs> I knew you would be. <laughs> um, so remember to go to awakenthechangewithin.com if you want to have a look at the full itineraries there. So look, guys, take good care. Um, please um, go on making a difference in the world out there, every single one of you, and let's continue to be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We look forward to seeing you next week at the same time. Take care. 
This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.